Hoje eu preciso te encontrar de qualquer jeito Nem que seja só pra te levar pra casa Depois de um dia normal And then I had the kids turn off the Wii and not watch Netflix. So. That's going to make a huge difference, I'm confident. <laughs> All right, we're starting. All right, game on. So you got, um, so you listened to the two. Any, uh, any notes or comments or corrections? Uh, I think I tried to chime in on the Facebook group uh, with any, any thoughts um, or, or comments. I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, there were a couple of things that uh, I, I felt like were purposefully left out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they didn't talk about that. Okay. <laughs> but other than that, no, uh, fully entertaining. Which ones? What kind of things? Oh, there were some good old office stories that uh, Maurer didn't, chose not to touch on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay. We don't have to say that. Good yeah, times. It's uh, you can. I don't think anybody cares. It's been years and years, and no one has. I don't think we're going to hurt any feelings by any I, stories that we tell. I, I doubt it. I think we're probably over it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess the format then is to go through each year, um, year by year, after you got home from. Brazil, and then after we catch up on your life after the mission, we'll go back to the start of the mission, and we can go through the MTC in each area and each companion, any stories that you have. Okay. That's the format, I guess. And then um, try to think of some foods or desserts or drinks or uh, TV shows or anything from cultural, <laughs> like Beach didn't have anything cultural he didn't care about brazil at all <laughs> i i might i might be in that same boat but i'll do my best okay we'll see how we'll see how well i do <laughs> i had to, to i was going through journals today and i found an entry about rick's have us having to stop at a separate bus stop so that rick's could buy some cds <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah that, that sounds about right <laughs> yeah. So I got home in December of 2004, so that's where we would begin? Yep. So I came home right before Christmas, which was slightly controversial. There were uh, two, uh, in my group, which I think there were 14 of us, there were two missionaries who chose to stay till January, and the rest of us decided we wanted to get home for Christmas. So I got home, I think, like December 21st or something in 2004, 2005. Uh, did you um, yeah. did you arrive in January then? Yeah, no. So I got to the MTC in January 22nd, 2003. So, so you only did one Christmas in Brazil? Correct. Yeah, I was gone 23 months. I mean, almost exactly 23 months. That's what the uh, group before me did, or after me. They went home in August with us to go to school. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I felt no guilt about the thing. Uh, you know, I, I was good for it. It's like, hey, you know, didn't didn't want to miss a semester. You know, Christmas sounded like a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I still feel no no hard feelings about that at all. <laughs> Who stayed? Uh, Thorpe and uh, Davison, I think. Okay. Yeah, I know it was Thorpe for sure. I'm pretty sure it was it was Chester Chester Davison. <laughs> 
So um, yeah. yeah, so 2005, did you go to school when you got back? I did. Uh, I did go to school when I got back uh, at UVSC is what it was called at the time. Yep. And uh, yeah, did the first semester there, which was fine. I'm not cut out for school. And I was, <laughs> I I was starting to catch on to that right around there. <laughs> Uh, if I can't just show up in the classes and not pay attention and still pass the class without doing any homework, then it's probably not going to work out for me. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, I did that first semester and then I did my first summer of uh, door knocking. That's from door to door sales, which was uh, unique. I should, I should probably back up though, because in February of 2005, you know, a couple, couple months home from the mission, I started dating my wife. Uh, now we went to high school together, so I had known her for seven years. And when I came home from the mission, we just started talking on the phone. We did not have any sort of a romantic relationship before the mission, but you know, when I came home, she was still single, and I needed someone to talk to, I guess. <laughs> so we started chatting on the phone, and that sparked up a relationship. And she was at BYU Idaho, which I think was called BYU Idaho by then. And uh, so we, we had a long-distance relationship, started dating. We got engaged in March, I think. So very quickly. We were engaged in March, I think, maybe April. No, April, yeah. Maybe we were engaged in April. And then I left in late May to go knock some doors. And uh, I got in the car, headed out, and I thought I was going to Cheyenne, Wyoming. And on my way there, they said, no, never mind. You should go to Rapid City, South Dakota. So I started driving to Rapid City. And on my way there, they said, no, never mind. You should go to Billings, Montana. So I ended up in Billings, Montana that first summer <laughs> until, hey. until we knocked every single house in Billings, Montana. And then they sent me to Des Moines, Iowa to finish the summer. Wow. So that was uh, that was that was, uh, that was an awkward awkward summer, but good times were had by all. And in the fall, I went back to school. Got married uh, on August twenty sixth of that same year, two thousand five. Um, you know, like three days after I got back from knocking doors, and and maybe a week or two before <laughs> before school started. <laughs> so so in August August two thousand five, Jacob was married. Yep. Sweet. That yep. was fast. That was pretty speedy. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, especially considering that we never lived in the same city until we were married. Yeah, that's crazy. But <laughs> so, didn't you go on dates in high school and things? Oh, yeah, it's not no, like... no. We were, we were good friends. Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time at her home. Uh, we, we went to uh, a couple formal dances and maybe some not formal dances at, at the school for sure. And uh, like I remember put, helping her mom put up all their Christmas lights one year. I mean... Uh, our dads were both bishops in the same stake when we were born. And we were both born in the same hospital, probably to the same doctor within two months. So, I mean, yeah, we, we have a history. You know, There's not very many doctors in your town. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there weren't in 1983, apparently. Yeah, That's only, right. Only one hospital, you know. So, uh, yeah, that, 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 that sealed the deal. So, yeah, we had a history for sure. And uh, after we got married, we got married in Manti, and then we had an apartment-ish in uh, Provo, we actually yeah, it was like a house, right? Yeah, it was a house. Me and, and Royer, me and Beach had a me and Beach had a dinner there with you guys one time. That sounds familiar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, the house was purchased or owned by uh, Elder. Uh, I don't know how you really pronounce his name. Royer, though. R O Y E R. Is it Royer? In, in, Brazil, in Brazil, he was Royer, so I assumed that was really how you pronounce his name. Anyway, his mom bought the house. He lived in the basement with, I want to say with Hendrix for a while, but that might have changed 
at one point. But anyway, Amy and I lived upstairs, and uh, and so that was that was the living arrangement. We were there for that full school year, so fall of 2005 into uh, you know spring of 2006. Keep on going year by year, oh, man. all the way up to present. You oh, can just pretty. do a snapshot. It's Reader's Digest. This is Reader's Digest. So 2006, uh, we went knocking more doors. You went with me that time. We yep. went to Colorado Springs, and to be frank, despite how not fun that kind of a thing can be, we really loved Colorado. We fell in love with Colorado. Yeah. We loved the afternoon uh, afternoon rain showers. We yep. loved the weather. We loved the out. I mean, we just we were sold on the whole Colorado thing, and kind of vowed to come back and raise our kids in Colorado. And uh, so then in the fall, back to school, we bought a house that fall in Provo, West Provo. Uh, so our first house out by Utah Lake-ish off of like, a, you know, past Geneva off of Center Street in South, Southern Provo. And uh, got a dog and, you know, and domestic thing going on. And uh, continued to work for the door-to-door people, Atlas. And uh, also that year uh, started up my security business. Uh, which was not too bad of a deal. We were doing a lot of, uh, you know, event security, especially um, that year. You know, January 2007, I also started teaching uh, firearm uh, classes, the concealed carry classes, and uh, that summer I did not go knock doors. I, I went for three weeks um, to kind of open the office in Davenport, Iowa, but then Russ Mauer yeah, managed Mauer. managed that beast, and I went home. And uh, and then in the fall of that year. Wait, what year am I in? 2007. Seven was when we went out right. to Chicago. Correct. Yeah. So that was that was uh, that was 2007. So at the end of 2007 is when that whole kind of financial collapse happened. The company went under, and you know, lost a lot of stuff, and it was bad, and uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just bad news. And so I won't get into more detail, but that was not good. And I think it was that fall that I also dropped out of school. I, I failed a class, and I was like, "Yeah, how can I fail this class?" You know, it was an accounting class, I think. And so I was like, "That's that's you know that's not good." And then the next semester, I, I signed up for some classes and I went for a couple of weeks. And I just realized, you know, I think that you know this is a sign. I just need to walk away. So I, <laughs> I, I dropped out of school. That that Christmas, uh, so December second of two thousand and seven. We had our first child, Simon, was born, uh, in, in you know while we were in that Provo house, and uh, so 2008 was sort of a year of reinvention. Uh, I got really heavily involved in a network marketing, you know, MLM business, and that went really pretty well, frankly. Uh, that was a good year, um, and that was kind of a cool, cool thing too, because really built a large organization in Brazil. So the Portuguese was really kind of kept up through that effort. And just doing yeah. a lot of webinars and webcasts and Skype calls with Brazilians, and that was super cool. And uh, I felt awesome about that. And then uh, that kind of collapsed when the company had some product registration issues with the Brazilian government and wasn't willing to pay off all the corrupt politicians. <laughs> and so in 2009, um, Essentially, in 2009, my security business also collapsed. The state of Utah changed some of the regulations around uh, what you had to, the, the experience you had to have in order to qualify to own a sec- private security firm. And essentially, right. we didn't qualify. So that, that kind of fell under. 
And so in 2009, I went to work for one of my competitors, a local security business there in, uh, in Utah, and did that for a large time uh, while I was trying to you know, get a handful of other ventures off the ground that never really got off the ground. Uh, that was the year uh, we filed bankruptcy and we threw our, you know, the rental property into that um, and, and all the credit card you know, business debt from, from the other venture. My apparel business, that's when we, we shut that sucker down. Uh, it was a promotional apparel, you know, like embroidery and screen printing, screen printing business. And then at the very end uh, of that year, so that would have been the end of 2009, I got hired by this company called uh, Matchbin. And Matchbin was based out of Bountiful. And they essentially uh, did consulting with newspaper companies, mostly some TV and radio stations as well, to help these media companies know uh, how to sell online advertising products. Right, um, And uh, that was something that was really interesting to me. I actually had been working on a couple of big blogs and generating some ad revenue, uh, learning a lot about search engine stuff and whatever. So anyway, jumped into that and, and did a lot of travel in 2010 for that company. I was on the road, you know, three out of four weeks uh, all over the U.S. And that was very educational. It was my first real, like, true career-esque type job. And... Uh, you know, travel got old really fast. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, oh, that sounds good. And uh, Amy got, uh, we got pregnant that year, 2000 and early 2010 in March. And so that pregnancy was really tough on Amy. I remember having to call my mom and have her move in with, with Amy while I was on the road so that someone could, you know, spoon feed her in bed. Uh, you know, I had like nurses coming in because Amy was on uh, IVs. You know, she couldn't keep any food down. It was it was a bad situation with me traveling, oh, and uh, so we we decided I needed to look for new a new job that didn't require so much travel. And we were still in the Provo house, and so Simon would have been like two and a half, three years old. In yeah. uh, October of that year, one of the media companies that I had been doing some of the consulting for. Uh, had a job open up in Denver for their digital sales manager. So I applied and they gave me the job. Uh, so we, you know, despite the timing being bad, we were three weeks away from having a baby. The real estate market had crashed and there's no way we were going to be able to sell our house. We decided <laughs> we decided that it was better that you know to, to jump on an opportunity while we had it, particularly in Colorado, which is the place we'd vowed to go to to raise our yep. family. So uh, on December 4th of 2010, I got in the car and I left Amy with a three-week-old baby girl named Lucy and Simon yep. in the house and said, here, good luck selling this. I'm going to go start a job. And so I, <laughs> I drove to Colorado to Denver and started work in uh, December 2010. And it took five months for Amy to sell the house, essentially. And we had to do a short sale. You know, the, the real estate market completely crashed since, yeah. since we'd bought the house in 2007. So, you know, <laughs> that, bad news. Yeah, bad that, news was, that was not going to happen. Yeah, I think we bought that house for like 215 Does that sound right, dear? We bought the pro house? Yeah. And we sold it for, uh, I think, 150 uh, you know, so anyway, so that was nice though to have Amy and the kids, you know, my new daughter who I'd barely met, you know, yeah. uh, join me in Denver and we rented for three months and then we bought a house here and that's, that's where we are now. So yeah. things have been good in Colorado. We are big fans of the mile high city and, uh, we like Colorado a lot. We've been here since, since then. So 
Um, well, I guess I've been you here. You work for like a Spanish television? Yeah. So the company uh, is based. <laughs> I see what, I don't, I'm confused. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit confusing. So the company is based <laughs> in California. It's a publicly traded company. They own uh, 102 TV and radio stations across the U.S. Of those 102 okay. stations, I think like four are in English. The okay. other like 99 or something are in Spanish. So mostly it's Spanish <laughs> TV and radio. And uh, here in Denver, we have four Spanish TV stations and four Spanish radio stations. And uh, in 2013, I got a promotion, so I now oversee a region of stations. And that's why I do some, I, I do so, some more travel now. But I oversee yeah. the stations in, in Phoenix, Vegas, Reno, Denver, Carl Springs, and Albuquerque. Okay. Uh, so that, on occasion, that's why you'll find me in, in Vegas a couple times a year. Uh, but all, the, Vegas, all those are Spanish. You can stop by and uh, if you're around for a while, yeah. we'll have you over. Usually there for two, three <laughs> days. You know, it'd be better than eating at the hotel. So I'll give you, yeah. I'll give you the buzz now that uh, now that you're there, and I know you're there. Um, yeah, we got a pool in yeah. the backyard coming hey, in the summertime. Hey, no, I don't go to I don't go to Vegas in the summertime. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't either. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Phoenix and Vegas are off limits for five months. Um, so Sweet. yeah. That's that's the real short of it. Uh, in addition to that, um, I, I still have a side business that uh, is doing pretty well. I, I, we teach; it's a gun, you know, the firearm training stuff. So I uh, I employ um, nine instructors who teach gun classes in uh, Utah, Colorado, and New York, adding uh, Texas and Arizona this year, um, and that's you know that that's going well too. So yeah, life is life is pretty happy. That's good. <laughs> yep. I, I knew everything up until 2009 where I moved away and you moved away and you kind of split ways. Yeah. I, we were over in the same neighborhood kind of in Provo and yeah. I'd see you quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, when I was at BYU and then I moved to Ogden and moved to Colorado. And that was the, the, the parting of the sea, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I knew most of your story. Until 2009, but then after you moved to Colorado, it's just smooth sailing, I guess. Yeah, you know, um, I got to tell you, we it's like good. it here. We're, we're big fans. Okay. <laughs> we, we love, you got to come. Denver's great. We, we, uh, we, like, we like Colorado. We feel like the church needs people here. It's, so it's, it's strong, yeah. but it's not, it's not, uh, not without need of, of people. And, uh, you know, we have a temple, which is nice. Um, we like the climate. You know, we're from Wyoming. We lived in Utah. We think Denver is the be you know is the most mild of those three places, but we still get four yeah. seasons. We still get snow. Yeah. We like we like the big city amenities. We like having the Broncos and the Rockies and the big airport. We like having a Hard Rock Cafe. You know, I mean, we like the big city stuff. Um, but we live in a suburb. My plan is uh, to move west rather than to move east. So we're foolish, very foolish. Focusing on like Oregon and uh, <laughs> okay. Portland's not so bad. Seattle's those well, people are a little weird, but yeah, Portland or uh, Medford or somewhere around there. You here. go. That, that's that would be nice. I'm a fan. That's of the that. plan. We'll see how long we're going to be here. Yeah. yeah, Vegas not wouldn't be my choice. Yeah, it wasn't a yeah it, by necessity. It was yeah. It was a it was a strategic career move rather than a location move. <laughs> All things in due time. Yep, that's right. Well, sweet. I think we're caught up. Um, I don't think. Do you have a dog still? We still have a dog. Same dog. 
Uh, Same dog? She's still alive and thriving and chasing squirrels in the backyard every day. I'm very happy here. Okay. Sweet. And then um, <clears throat> I guess let's go back to, um, what, January 2003? Yep, that would be Is when that... I boarded the plane. All right. So uh, actually, I have a really good story about the airport. Um, there was, I mean, the day I showed up at the airport to get on that plane, there must have been 100 missionaries in the airport. And uh, right behind me at the ticket counter was uh, Anthony Dane, who would okay. turn out to be Elder Anthony. And uh, I get through security and I head to the gate. And I get to the gate and there's only one missionary that got to the gate before me. It was Riley Malkovich. And he was bawling like a baby. <laughs> just, just tears, just streaming, and just falling apart. And he he sees me a little bit from a distance, walking toward him, and he starts to try and you know gain some composure. And uh, I approach him, and I, I put out my hand. We got name tags already, right? So I put out my hand. Hi, Elder Malkovich. I'm Elder Paulson. And he's you know wiping tears off his face, and he's he's reading something in his hand that's making him cry. And he's like, Ah, oh, yeah. How nice to meet you. And I sit down right next to him on his right, my left. And uh, I'm like, So what are you reading? He's like, Oh, it's a letter from my mom. Which turns out okay. is his stepmom because his mom has had died many, you know, giving him. Uh, giving uh giving birth so wow. yeah so it, i don't know what was in that letter but i could tell you it was quite emotional and he has denied that many times and so i'm excited to make that public uh <laughs> before he gets any chance to, to refute the story because that is an absolute fact now here's the next part and, and anybody who served with malco will understand this <clears throat> after he puts away the letter he asks me again for my name and i say elder paulson he pulls out a three by five note card and a pen and writes it down elder paulson <laughs> And he puts the he puts the note card back in a pocket. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's it's right here on my name tag, but it's cool. <laughs> if you want to take notes, that's fine. <laughs> Later, he probably like quizzed himself on all the names. So was he in your group in the MTC? Uh, ish. So there were fourteen of us that got on the plane in Salt Lake, uh, and we flew to uh, Chicago. And in Chicago, we picked up four more. And uh, so there were 18 of us that flew from Chicago, I think, to Atlanta, and then from Atlanta to Brazil. And uh, of yeah. those 18 on that plane, uh, I think 12 were going to my mission. Uh, so 10, wow. there's 10 per district, right? So 10 of those 12 were in my district. Malco happened to be one that was in my group, went to my mission, but was not in my district in the MTC. Okay. It was in your, oh, that's a huge group. By the way, yes, we always were kind of known as the big group. Yeah, and it's all the American. How many Brazilians were in your group too? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> if there were just Americans, as far as yeah. I'm aware, there were no Brazilians in our group. That is to say, none of them came with us from the CTM. I mean, we it was all Americans right, right. headed to the mission office that day. Uh, so yeah, as far as I'm aware, we were all all Americans. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think Hendrix. And Malkovich were the two that were in our group, but not in our district. So they, you know, they would sneak up to our, our floor, the sixth floor, every once in a while and say hi. But we didn't really, you know, chime with them too much until we got on the plane to the field. Yep. Now, here's the funny thing. Of all of the missionaries in our group, uh, only one was not on that plane. Uh, he had gone on a separate plane to Brazil, and he was my MTC companion. And if you, I don't think you probably ever met him. His name was Elder Purdy, David Matthew Purdy, P-U-R-D-Y, from Peachtree City, Georgia. 
and uh, very interesting cat. Uh, loved him to death. A great guy, uh, six foot four. And the first words he said to me was, "Do not tell me my girlfriend won't wait for me." And, <laughs> and I said, "Don't you worry. What? I won't say. I won't say that. Uh, I, I'm sure she'll wait for you." And he said, D- "You know, dang right she will." And I said, "All right." And uh, he was a good. He was a real good kid. And uh, unfortunately, he had some huge knee issues. And I think he was okay. only in the field for two, three months, and they sent him home. And yeah. He was married to that girl within a couple months. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, he might have been gone before you even got there. Yeah, I would. I don't know that name. <laughs> so where did your first area go? Oh, so you show up to the MTC, or out of the MTC, you go to Juan Pessoa, yeah. you meet everybody in the office, yeah. where are you going? Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to think who the APs were. I, I'm sure if I thought hard enough, I could come up with it. But we went. I went to Mosoro. Okay. Mosoro, and uh, that's actually another good story. Me and Novak uh, went to Mosoro, and we get on the bus, and they tell us it's like a six-hour bus ride. And after like three hours, every like the the nice bus driver people who knew that we were crazy Americans who couldn't speak Portuguese made us get off the bus. And we get off the bus, and we're in this like middle of nowhere, and we're like, this cannot be Mosoro. Uh, but it turned out it was just a break, and they made us get back on the bus, and we're like, oh, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> but so then another three hours go by, and this, the, yeah, we're like, this can't be it. We're our companions. <laughs> um, and so we, we're getting close to Mosoro, and this bus driver or some employee of the bus line comes back to us and looks at us and say, you know, says something. And we have no idea what she said. And, and, and Novak and I just say, Mosoro, Mosoro. You know, like we knew that that was the city. And she's like nodding and saying other things. We're like, yes, Mosoro. And she's okay. You know, and she, she walks off. And uh, she talks to like four or five other passengers. And we assume she's asking them like where they're going or something. I don't know. And uh, anyway, so we get into town and, and the, the bus stops somewhere that's not the Horoviaria. Like it's not, it's not the bus station. Uh, it's just like some like random like you know city block in Mosoro, and uh, the the employee so comes back to us and says something, and we caught Mormon like we we knew she said something about Mormons, and you know and we're like yes yes we're Mormons you know Mosoro Mormon you know, and she, and so she's like you know starts motioning us to get off the bus, and the other passengers are like helping us like grabbing our bags for us like they're very nice you know and we're like okay great yeah this is this is perfect so we get off the bus and we're looking around no companions it doesn't look like a bus station to us. You know, and uh, we kind of look, look at each other like, well, what do we do now? And a couple of the passengers who are carrying our bags like are motioning us like, come, come with us, you idiots, you know. And so that we follow them and they put us on a city bus, uh, you know, just a standard you know, city bus. And we didn't know you had to pay the guy. And so the, the guy is yelling at us like, you know, you got to pay me. And the other passengers like are explaining to him, these, these are stupid Americans. They don't, they don't know. We, we're, we're taking them some, you know, and we have no idea. We just know that there's an argument about us. <laughs> and later it hit me that, that it was about paying the, for the bus ride. Anyway, the guy finally gives up and is like, okay, the Americans are not going to pay. So we go some distance in town. And uh, they, they kick us off. These nice people from the bus are like, all right, Mormons, it's, you know, get off, you know. And, and so we get off and they, they, they call a taxi for us. They grab this taxi and they're like, hey, these Mormons, you know, they talk to the taxi driver. The taxi driver nods his head, throws our bags in the back of the taxi and tells us to get in. And we're like, yeah, these people obviously know where we're supposed to go. So we get in the taxi and uh, he takes us to a Mormon uh, LDS chapel. In Mosoro, yeah. uh, there's only two, and it was not the central one; it was the other one. Anyway, so he takes us to this chapel, 
And it's like a, what, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday afternoon. I think it was a Wednesday afternoon, right? And he, he, he pulls in front of the chapel, and that's when we realized we're screwed. We're like, oh, crap. <laughs> he took us to the church, you know? And so we get out, and we're like this is like, this is not where we were supposed to go. These people thought they were doing us a favor because they like routed us to this church. Right. But now right. the taxi driver's looking at us like you owe you owe me money. This is where you're supposed to be. Have a nice day. Pay me, you know? And so, you know, we try and ring the bell from the outside gate. Of course, no one's at the church on a Wednesday at like three in the afternoon. Right. So me yep. and Novak are looking at each other like, what are we going to do? We are screwed. And uh, so we, we finally decide that the best plan of action is if we can find a phone book, maybe we can find a number for like, you know, like for the church, you know, maybe we could find a number, maybe there would be a, a listing in the phone book for church, for the church, and we could call somebody. That's our best idea we got. So we try to explain this to the taxi driver, we're like, libro de telefono or something, you know, we're, we're trying to say something to the effective phone book. And he's looking at us like we're complete morons, you know, just like, what are you talking about? Just pay me. And we just keep on trying to explain it. And we're making hand gestures, you know, book, phone, like we need, you know, and finally he gets it. He's like, okay, so he goes to like some you know I don't know like hair salon business and you know asks them if they have a phone book no doubt and they say no and he goes and knocks on some house and asks if they have a phone book they say no and you know he's going like door to door trying to find us a phone book and he finally finds one he brings it to us and hands it to us and is like you know puts out his hand like are you going to pay me now and we're like going through it like how would you find church you know in, in this phone book and uh, we couldn't find anything. And right then, we're just, we realized we're completely screwed. We're totally in despair. And right out of the house where the phone book had come from walks Elder Summers. Uh, Brandon Scott, if I'm not mistaken, is his middle name. Brandon Scott Summers. He's from Idaho. And uh, he walks out and he looks at us and he says, who are you and what are you doing here? And we just, we're so pumped to see him. Like, we, he was an angel in that moment, right? We were just like, we're saved. So we're, right. we're like hugging him and we're like just going on in English like, oh, they told us to get off this bus and da 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 and here we are. We, you know, and, and he's like, you idiots, you know? So, <laughs> so he goes and finds some orelang and he puts in the fancy card and he calls the Hodoviaria and, you know, he says, hey, find the Mormons. There's two Mormons there. Find them and put them on the phone and... And so he gets our companions on the phone and he explains to them, he's like, hey, I got your Novino idiots right here with me at this church. <laughs> and uh, so he talks to him and hangs up and, he's, and he puts, me, puts us back in the taxi and he just tells the taxi driver, take him to the bus station. <laughs> so we go to the bus station, we pick up our companions. My companion was Nita, Elder Nita. Yep. And uh, Novak was with Granvili. And they just jump in the taxi, and we just, you know, take the taxi all the way to our house. By now, we owe the taxi driver a fortune. Yeah, and right. so I give him, like, all the money I have. <laughs> and Nita gives him a couple, you know, a couple hey eyes, and, and that was that. So that was our arrival story. A true, a true miracle, in my opinion. It is. It's, I'm so glad it was Summers, too. Oh, man. <laughs> It was just, it was, it was, I was so glad to see him. I was, I I really thought we were dead men. (laughs) I was like, we're going to pay this taxi driver. He's going to run off and we're just going to be sitting here till Sunday for like five days waiting for someone to come to church. (laughs) He, he wasn't that much older than you on the mission, was he? Um, Relatively. I I mean, maybe, you know, maybe four or five months. I mean, not significantly, but yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like he showed up to transfer before us or anything. He was a senior companion, I think, at that point. Okay. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. 
So how was uh how was your house? How how long did you stay in Montsoreau? So got there March twenty second, two thousand three, left on June thirtieth of two thousand three. So approximately three months. Okay. And uh, man, that was a great great experience. Uh, Montsoreau I mean, since that was all I knew, uh, I assumed that the whole mission was going to be really hot uh, and have, you know, random flash flooding. Uh, it was <laughs> it was a great experience, though. We loved loved that city, loved that area. Our area didn't have a uh, – it was a branch, and we didn't have a, a traditional meeting house. We rented some house, and uh, there was a concrete box, you know, that was, a, that was the font. And you had, yeah. to, you had to fill it up with a hose or with buckets, you know. Yeah. Did you have to clean it every other week or so? I suppose we probably should have. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember ever cleaning it. Now that you say that, it sounds, it sounds like it was a good idea, but I don't think we ever did. Maybe someone else We always else cleaned the, the Kaiko font. We cleaned that like that every week. That was the worst font in the mission by far. This was a little bit bigger than that, thank goodness. So you wouldn't have to worry about slamming someone's head into concrete. But uh, it was a similar concept, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a dungy little place we rented, but it, you know it was fine, and the members there were very nice, and uh, you know you're, I think there's a, an affinity that everybody has to their first area, because you learn yeah. so much. Uh, but it was Anita, frankly, was a stud. I mean, he I don't know I've, I think that he had a, a you know his name was known for good and bad among all missionaries. Uh, but I had nothing but good to say about him. He was he was an amazing missionary, and in the in the time I was there with him, Mosaro was the top baptizing you know, zone of the mission, and I had a phenomenal experience with him. And uh, so that was that was fantastic. He he left us some he from from being my companion and zone leader. He got called to AP, uh, and I got with. Uh, Kind of, I don't even know. How to, I, I, I'm, care, I'm careful about saying the kid's name because both then and now, I'm, I'm afraid I'll say a swear word. Um, <laughs> the only Portuguese swear word I know is the one that's very like my second companion's name, and that's the only reason I knew it. Is because half the time I'd say his name and he'd say, "Don't say that." <laughs> but, but his name was was spelled C A R V. Oh wait, C A R V A L H O. Okay. And he was a he was a Brazilian uh, crazy. That was his. That he got promoted to zone leader. He he was a senior companion in Mosero. He was promoted to zone leader when Nita left. And at the same time, you know, a week or two later, we lost Novak. Lost his companion Granvili, who went home. And we got Nascimento in that house. And times were good. Life was happy. Uh, I mean, it was nothing like Nita. It was a totally different style of work, but it was fine. And I was. Yeah, I was I was very happy there, uh, and and three months went by very quickly. So I left there June thirtieth, two thousand three. Going where? From there, I went to João Pessoa. Uh, the area was Hangel. Okay. Uh, I don't know anything about João Pessoa. I think so. I think it was it's, it's all João Pessoa. I think it was also Zona Hangel. I think that I think that that area was also carried the name of the zone, uh, and I, and my companion there was also zone leader. It was Elder Lucas. Uh, okay. And the famous thing about Lucas is that he also went by his first name because his last name is Seis Delos, Six Fingers. So <laughs> he, he was Elder Lucas in the mission because the president must not have thought that Elder Seis Delos would, would, have, would have gone over well. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, now, two, a, a couple other Mosaro stories, though, that I think are, you'll appreciate. Okay. Um, yeah, let's hear them. One is uh, it's where I learned about cockroaches. Okay. It, that was one of those houses where you'd come home at night, you'd turn the lights on, and there was a bunch of movement. So yeah. we had to spray that place. 
twice. Um, another good story there is I got uh, dengue fever. Isn't that what it was called? D-E-N-G-U-A-Dengue yeah. fever? Yeah, it was like a mosquito deal. Yep. So I had dengue Did fever. Did your bones ache? Oh, yeah, yeah, all that drama. Uh, I couldn't leave the house for a while, and when I did, I had to, like, use an umbrella or something because the sun, I guess, made it worse. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I had a bladder infection in that area as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was Is that awful. from dehydration or what, what's um, that from? You know, I don't know. I remember talking to that one doctor guy that was in Hesifei. Well, it starts with a urinary tract infection and moves to a bladder infection. Sure, right? so... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all I know is that it was very painful to go to the bathroom and, <laughs> and it, it was not good for me. Um, yeah. I, I remember, I remember like I, 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 when I first got the infection, I would, I wasn't drinking any liquids because it hurts so much to go to the bathroom. Like if I drink less, <laughs> it'll be less pain. Right. Like I remember well, taking my pillow with me the to worst. the bathroom and putting my head in it cause it hurt anyway. <laughs> Without getting too, oh, no. I don't want to get too graphic, I guess. But I remember, I remember calling the doctor. You know, after I ca- talked to Sister Marchine, she made me call the doctor guy in Hasife that was over our area, and he's like, yeah. he's like, you know, he yelled at me. He's like, "You fool! You know, you need to be drinking more constant water. That's how you fix this thing." And I, I did end up going to some doctor in Mosoro and uh, you know, got some medicine or something, and um, I got over that. The other good story from Mosoro is that we killed a rat. In our house, it was... Uh, How big was it? It was a real rat? Oh, yeah. I got pictures. I'll put... I'll, when you post this on the Facebook group, I'll put a link to the picture or something. It was... Okay. Uh, with the tail, it might have been 10, 11 inches. Uh, but this okay. rat would come into our house every night, and it would come through this hole in the kitchen window, uh, and we couldn't get rid of the hole because it was the pipe that came from the propane tank for the oven. The propane right. tank was outside, and so this, the window mm-hmm. always had to be cracked open, and the rat would come in there. And, and, you know, for like months, we tried to kill this rat and, and it would always escape through that crack. And so we, you know, we just had, we had these, these plans, how we were going to stop it. And so we had this, we got, we bought this like huge piece of, I think it was, I don't know, metal. And, and one night we came home and we like, we came through uh, the back of the house and we, we, we uh, walled up that hole so that the rat could escape. And we felt it hit the thing. We're like, yeah, he's in there. And so uh, uh, my companion was on exchanges and so i had elder alves with me that week edson douglas alves the best english yeah. speaker of any brazilian i ever met okay uh, he's a very very smart kid and, and uh very very good companion that week in fact i anyway so we had this whole plan and you know novak was scared of the rat but he agreed to block this doorway and so <laughs> we, we closed all the doors to all the rooms and we chased this rat through the house for like two hours <laughs> trying to block its escapes and trying to kill it. And and our method of killing was like, you know, hitting it with a dustpan, you know? Yep. And there was right. there was this you know, the, the oven, I don't like the stovetop of the oven had this glass lid that that usually okay. was up and, and you know, Alves like swung a broom handle and broke that. And so glass shattered <laughs> everywhere as we're trying to kill this rat. And we're just like hitting everything in the kitchen as it runs across counters. Anyway, we finally killed that rat. And right. uh, that was a great day. That was that was really good stuff. <laughs> and um, the other Mosoro story, and I've I've debated whether or not we should talk about this. Mikam uh, addressed it on your Facebook comment. He asked about sleeping alone. Right. And so I had a, a rather unique experience in Mosoro that I don't share much of, but. 
to summarize, uh, my companion and Elder Granvili were out of town at some zone leader conference in Natal. And so me and Novak were alone. And uh, I, I, was, I grew accustomed to sleeping in a hammock every night, to be frank. And so uh, that night, because my companion was gone, I slept in the larger hammock, which is, was in the main room. And Novak was in a different bedroom in the back, so I was alone. And I had a very uh, you know, Joseph Smith-esque experience with the devil, and it did not go well at all. It was a very nasty experience. It ended well, and uh, um, the details are, are a slight bit uh, sacred. But anyway, when Nita and Granville came home the next day, and I shared with them the experience, they wouldn't sleep alone. Uh, they wouldn't even sleep in the bedrooms. The rest, of the, like for the, the rest of the time I was in that house, which was probably another month and a half, all missionaries yeah. slept, all four of us side by side in a big room. No, <laughs> to, everyone was too afraid of that house after that to sleep in separate bedrooms. And, and even like after Nita and Granvili left and, uh, and uh, the other, you know, Nascimento and the other guy came, we still slept in those four mattresses. And, and they, they accepted it immediately upon hearing the story. <laughs> They're like, okay, yeah, no problem. In, we're, we're, we're there. <laughs> there, was, there was no question. We just kept slept, sleeping on the floor, four missionaries side by side in that house. And uh, so, yeah, I never, I never slept uh, alone again in the mission. <laughs> So, so I, I think that's probably what Mecham was referring to. And I had, right. I had a lot of missionaries ask me about that experience. I think that you know, some, some people who went through that house were more intimately familiar with the story because they lived there. And you know, the story would spread. And every once in a while, someone would be like, hey, tell me what happened in that Mosoro house. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> so that would be my Mosoro stories. Cool. Hanjel. 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 I think that's how you say it. Yeah. So Elder Lucas, that was his, I think, last area. He was a little bit trunky for sure. He had a reputation for being a baptizer. He was a great companion. Very, I learned a lot from him. He taught really well right. and was a very powerful guy. The other two missionaries in the house were Elder Casey, who was the other zone leader. And he went through several companions uh, while I was there. Elder Da Costa, Elder Principe, Elder Jacob. And uh, that was that was a good area. Um I, I do have a couple of good stories from there too. One, 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 one week we went to the uh, mission office to get mail, which is, by the way, what you do in Juampasoa. You don't know that because you never lived there. But in Juampasoa, you always go to the mission office to get your mail every P day, uh, because why, well, why wouldn't you, right? I was in uh, I was in Baie, oh, and go. we'd always go into Juampasoa anyways, right. and so yeah, that's what you did, right? Yeah, so that's what you did. We went in one week, and uh, they hand us all of the mail for our zone. We'd get all the mail for our whole zone so that we could give it yeah. to them at you know zone meeting the next day. And we yep. see that there are two letters on the counter that were not in our box, but we see that they are for a missionary in our in our zone. I won't mention his name, and you'll understand why you know, when you hear the story. But we're like, hey, those, I don't know how those got separated, separated, but that's for so-and-so. You know? So we grab them, and we leave. And that night about, I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock maybe in, at the house uh, back in Hangel, we get a call from the mission president. And okay. uh, I, I don't remember who answered, but he asks for Elder Lucas, and he says, Elder Lucas, did you grab these two letters for Elder so-and-so? Uh, and, and, yeah, we did. Yeah, we grabbed them. And he's and president's like, do not give those to the missionary. Do not tell anybody about those letters. Do not open those letters. Do not look at those letters. Report back to the mission <laughs> office tomorrow as immediately following your zone meeting and bring me back those two letters. 
<laughs> Elder Luke's like, okay. And so, of course, the rest of the night we spend trying to figure out what's in these letters without opening them. <laughs> that makes me miss Martine. Oh, man. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to believe this story. So we get to the mission so were office. You, in the, you were in the zone leader's house, right? Yes. Yep. So you had a fax machine in your apartment or in your Correct. house? Correct. Yeah, both. So they called you at your, at at your the house. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, both uh, my first four companions were zone leaders while they were my companions. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll also just quickly add, this is every single companion I had was a zone leader at one point. So I, I have nothing bad to say about any of my companions. I had nothing but studs the whole mission. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we get to the, the mission office the next day. And the mission president, Marchins, he brings us back into his office. He sits us down. And his words were, Você já brincou na vez de 007? <laughs> and <laughs> I, I was looking at him and thinking, my whole life I'm pretending I'm James Bond. <laughs> like didn't, obviously, you didn't read my mission papers or you would know that this is a fantasy of mine. Uh, and, and Lucas... You know, who's kind of, he's speaking directly to Lucas. Lucas says something like, see, President, see, see, see. And, pres and the President, he, he, he proceeds to give us the following command. He says, this is what I want you to do. Uh, these, this le these two letters you brought me back con contain uh, less than appropriate pictures uh, from a member of the church uh, in, in an area in Natal where this missionary used to serve. And uh, he has a correspondence with this sister, and they send each other pictures that are less than appropriate. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go on splits with this missionary. I want you to distract him. Do whatever it is you have to do to make sure he's not paying attention. I want you to go to his house uh, while he's not looking. I want you to go into his bedroom. And in the wardrobe, in the wardrobe at the, in the top shelf is a black portfolio bag. I want you to bring me everything in that bag, elders. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's the most exciting thing you could ever imagine on your yeah. mission. Yeah, we're just like, we're like, okay, like, we will bring it to you. <laughs> He's like, don't get caught. We're like, okay, I got it, no problem, don't get caught. <laughs> well, was it American or was it a Brazilian? American. Okay. American. And uh, I'll ask you after we're over. Yeah, so I don't know if you'll remember the name or not. He, he was much older than us in the mission, but anyway. So we spent the next like three days pondering the strategy of how to, <laughs> like, should we drug him? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, you can imagine that our imaginations went wild about how we could accomplish the task. But at, <laughs> at the end of the day, we did go on on exchanges with them, and and my job was relatively easy. I just had to make sure that the junior companion and I were out of the house, and it was up to Lucas yeah. to distract said senior companion and steal That's the contents of the uh, of the case. That's awesome. And so anyway, yeah, we did that. We got the stuff. We took it back to the president, and it was a whole lot of pictures that were less than appropriate. <laughs> and uh, from there, I can tell you that he was not a senior companion anymore. But uh, he did finish his mission out, so I don't, I don't really, All right. yeah, I don't know much more than that. So that was that was that was my zero zero seven, double oh seven story from the mission. That was great. That's good. That was that was good stuff. How long were you in in Jean Pessoa? I was in Hangel for two months. Uh, okay. After Lucas, I had Elder Lima, uh, okay. and uh, he was a good missionary. Um, he he's, he said something that I'll never forget. Uh, in fact, I couldn't even remember his name until today when I was looking at my journal. But I'll never forget a, a quote that I heard him say once. He said, sometimes more important than doing the, the best thing is just doing something. 
And that's always stuck with me. I've, I've repeated that hundreds of times to other people. I love that quote. Um, while I was in Hanjil, another significant thing is that Henry Biarin came to our mission. Uh, Henry Biarin, when he came, he came to Juan Pessoa, and the order to the mission was that only the missionaries in Juan Pessoa were allowed to go to the meeting. And there was a there was a meeting just for missionaries, and then there was you know he also attended like a state conference with the members. Uh, but the meeting that was just the missionaries, the, 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 the deal was, you know, you can't bring in the whole mission. It was just Juan Pessoa missionaries. Uh, Prez did bring in all the zone leaders from the mission, I think, without telling anybody. Um, yeah. But uh, I gave the opening prayer at that meeting, and I remember distinctly being extraordinarily nervous to be standing that close to Henry Biaring while giving a prayer in Portuguese. Yeah. And uh, that was an intense. This was meeting. September, or was that October? Um, no, September. You know, because I, I was. No, in, it had to be. was in the MTC. It was. I was. I, I was in the MTC when he came. No, the week after he came. So that was August, I guess. Yeah, I, I, was, I left that area on September first, so it had to have been before September first. Um, but I'll tell you, the the thing I remember most distinctly is that while he would speak, he would point at people when he would say something. So he would say something like, um, the Lord put you here because he wanted you to meet the companion you have right now. And then he would look at someone in the eyes and point at them. And, and, <laughs> and, and like, you know, point repeatedly with his hand to, to, to make clear the point that what I just said, I'm talking about you. <laughs> and he did that, you know, maybe 30, 40 times pointing, saying something and then pointing at a missionary. And that was intense. I mean, it was... Uh, it was the most intense meeting, church meeting I've ever been in in my life. It was, it was just like, holy crap! He just said that, and he just looked at you, like, it was, it was crazy. It was very, very intense. So that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. And that was a good area. Uh, it was a nice church building. It was nice to actually have like be in a real ward with a bishop that has a real church building. That was changed for me yeah. from Mosaro. There was this great right. barbecue place that we ate dinner at every single month, every single night. Where the, you know, there's you'd pay like one heal and you get like a little spit with like four pieces of meat, and you could get you'd buy three or four with different types of meat. So that's what I remember yeah. most from that area. It was good times. Some street meat. Street meat. It was good. It was yummy. So from there, uh, I went to Patos, and uh, we whitewashed that area. So I think they had been two or three weeks without any missionaries. That's where I got called as a senior companion, and okay. uh, I met my companion in Patos. He was waiting for me at the Horoviaria. His name was Elder Tavares. Do you remember Tavares? Yeah, he was in my group. Yeah, or... yeah sharp. We, we were in the M- yeah, I like him. Love Tavares. <laughs> I mean, he was a stud. And uh, he was also like the first Brazilian I met that wasn't from southern Brazil, um, which was kind of cool. You know, he, he was from north, uh, I guess, northwestern Brazil, from uh, Porto Velho, um, you know, at the, at, the, at the eastern edge of the Amazon, you know, on the, on the border with, like, Colombia. So okay. he, was a, he was, man, this guy was a stud. He, uh, the mission president, when he... When I, when I was on my way to, to Patos, I stopped in the, in the mission office, and, and Marchines grabbed me, and he said, hey, your companion, um, I, I, I recently interviewed your, your companion, and uh, I, I said, how's, how's your mission going? He says, well, I'm just not baptizing enough. And uh, I said, and Marchines says, Marchines speaking says, and I, you know, and I said, what do you mean? You've baptized every week. And Tavade said to me, yeah, but I've only baptized one each week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Martinez tells me this and says, so you got a baptizer, you know, you, Tavares is going to, ba- you know, you guys are going to go baptize in Patos. And 
Pathos uh, had a pretty bad reputation at the time. It was the uh, it was the place you got sent, you know. So we, yeah. we went in there and uh, we were on the I was we got there with uh, Elder Ivan and Elder Baker. Did you ever know Ivan and Baker? Ivan was the was an AP at yeah. the time. Yeah, Baker spent his last week with Dylan yeah. in uh, Nova Natal. They were buddies. And they were buddies. Uh, and uh, Baker was cool cat, cool guy. Had a reputation for being doing some naughty things, but he was a really good missionary. And uh, they didn't actually stay in Pathos. They actually went and opened Sosa that week. So my first week in Pathos was the week we opened Sosa. Uh, Yvonne and Baker went to do that. And they were supposed to come back on Friday to interview my investigators because uh, I was a newly called senior companion. And Pathos is like you know hours away from the next closest missionary in Kaiko. Yeah. Um, so we opened that area, and that was kind of a couple. A lot of miracles took place there. That would be my my area of miracles. Um, though I think I saw miracles everywhere. But uh, I mean, for example, we just walked down the street, not even knowing where our apartment was, and we ran into the ward mission leader, and he took us to his house, got the keys, and took us to our apartment. Things like that. We just, I mean, just constant miracles in in Pathos, and that was a big city to have to to two missionaries to one companionship. Man, we walked. A lot. That that city was huge, and yeah. uh, it was it was really intense. Um, some cool things I remember from Pathos. Uh, I remember we healed this lady. She uh, she was a member and she had this like lifelong back pain. And me and Thavadis gave her a blessing. And then on Sunday she bore a testimony about how you know the pain disappeared in that moment. She you know hasn't had, felt any pain since. And that was that was a big testimony builder. Um, there, there was there's this point. This was the point in the mission. You may or not may not remember this, but we switched to a new type of bank card uh, at this point in the mission, and so we the the mission office had sent out these bank cards, and, and people got their these you know they were Chase Morgan uh, Visa debit cards essentially, and there was a period yep. of time there where it got lost in the mail, and so me and Tavares <laughs> had no way of getting our our mezada is that what it's called right the allowance yeah and so yeah. I think that mezada was supposed to fall twice a month, and we went like six weeks without it. And there was one point where we had like three hay eyes. We had no food. We had no water. We were boiling our water at the house. Like we we were we we just pour tap water into a pot and boil it because we we didn't have enough money to buy water and we and we were just screwed. Like we we had just a few minutes left on a calling card to call the mission office once a day and say we still don't have any money. <laughs> we really need the money. And uh, at one point they did deposit our money in Baker's account because they figured we'd see him once a week, but. We, Yvonne and Baker never came back to Pathos. I saw them once. Uh, and and I, after, after... So Baker gets all this money. Yeah, I, I was like... I mean, I, I was doing my own interviews. I, call, I remember calling the mission president saying, I'm going to have to interview my own people. Like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, so so, so cheese the elder. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing the interviews. And uh, so anyway, there was this one point where we're walking home to our apartment from the church. And it was some period of time. I, don't, I, I think it was Independence Day celebration in September. In Brazil, anyway, there's like a yeah, week long party. Seventh, I think. Yeah, something like that. So there's this like week long party in the street, like you know, yeah. every every day for a week, everyone was just drunk in the street in the main in the main street of town, and we had to cross that street to get to our apartment. And we were walking across, uh, we were walking you know toward that that main street. And when we get to the main street, on the sidewalk is this like crumpled up uh, these crumpled up bills like money, hey eyes, and we pick them up and we count them, and there's like seventy hey eyes. And uh, like fools, we look around and this person walks by right then and we stop the person. Like, is this, is this your money? Did you drop this? And they're like, nope. They keep on walking. 
And then we're like, that's, that's so weird. So there was a business right there. I can't remember what kind of business it was, but we walked in and we're like, hey, we found this money out on the sidewalk. Is it yours? And the business owner's like, no, anybody else in here drop some money? And everyone's like, no, it's not ours. And we're like, oh, weird. So we walk back out. We're like, man, we can't figure out whose money this is. And Tavadi's like, darn near slaps me. He just, it, just, it just, bam, clicks. And he's like, Elder, it's from God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap, you're right. Like, you're, you're totally right. And so we went and bought some water and some, like, biscuits or something, some, like, a bunch of bread. And we went back to the house and we ate, like, our first meal in, like, you know, in days that wasn't given to us by a member. And that 70 AIs yeah. carried us over for, like, three more weeks until we finally got our money. And uh, awesome. so anyway, that was that was that was intense. That was super cool. It was the biggest miracle is that no one was claiming it. Like the Lord put it in their heart yeah, to say that's, that's not mine. <laughs> and we're, we're the Maybe idiots. It was like a trick. Yeah, we're the... you were tricked by some spies in white shirts right, yeah. or white shirts. And yeah, we're like the morons. If you accept this, this money, you're going to jail. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so that was that was good times, man. Um, we did a lot of cool things there. Once a week, we went to some English school. There was no wizard in Pathos. It was maybe the only city I ever served in that didn't have a wizard. And there was some other. There was some competitor there that we would go to once a week and talk to all the kids in English. And uh, at least I would. Tavares would sing a couple songs on a guitar. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he played the guitar. Yeah, and, That's great. and all his all the English he knew were some famous American songs that he could play on the guitar. And so anyway, that, that, I think that, I don't know, that we didn't baptize anyone from that directly, but I do think that we planted some good seeds there. And we did, we did have some baptisms eventually. My first week in Pathos was the first week I didn't baptize in the mission, and I was quite depressed. I thought I was a bad person because I hadn't baptized that week. It was my first week as a senior companion, and I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I suck. Like, how could we not baptize? Uh, we did have some baptisms, and all around it went okay, and that was that was a good area. I, I enjoyed that that area. We 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 baptized this lady who had a pet monkey, like the thing that everyone thinks you're going to have in Brazil. I finally saw somebody with a pet monkey. Uh, yep. I remember that. So yeah, good times in Patos. <laughs> Is that your only companion in Patos? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. So we arrived. And it was just together. you two in the whole city, huh? Yeah, that was it. Just the two of us. And then when I left, Elder uh, Hibero took my place there. And uh, two weeks later, they baptized 14 people instead of mission record. And it was like <laughs> a big buzz all around the mission. Like, how did how did how did they baptize 14 people in one week in Patos? Yeah. And that was Tavares and Hibero uh, two weeks after I left. And uh, that was that was very satisfying. A handful of those people I had you know, I had taught. So that was really nice. Yeah, that's good. So Pathos, ducks, right? Ducks. <laughs> they have great names for cities in Brazil, don't they? John Person, Christmas, Little Big Field, Ducks. It's amazing. It's just, it's just so um, new, Yeah, New Corrals. Yeah, New Corrals. Like, so what is wrong with these people? <laughs> like, can't you get some weird norm, normal city names? So... Yeah, I enjoyed Pathos. That was a good. That was a good area. What month are we at when you left? So I left. I left Pathos on uh, ten twenty, October twentieth, okay, two thousand three. Where'd you go? Um, Philippe Camarão. So that was okay. my f- in, uh, in Natal. Natal was that Zona Sul? I think that was the South Zone. Yeah. As I was going through my journal, I I found that I I drew a map of Natal for myself that showed where the two zones were. I, I did a lot of drawing in the in the journal. Apparently, that's cool. It wasn't I did a lot of complaining. 
my my journal was just whining about stuff that I didn't like. It's, my wife was reading my journal. It's like, yeah, you had a crappy mission. And you weren't very happy. It's like, what are you talking about? I was super happy. This was a great time. It's like, well, I read your journal. I'm like, oh yeah, that is pretty negative Sorry in there, isn't that. it? I had no, I had no one else to vent, vent to, right? So that's right. It went, it went on the paper. Um, <laughs> Cameroon was a fantastic area, man. Uh, it, it's probably the best area is in terms of the members uh, and, and the, the ward mission work. Uh, they had it down yeah. to a science there. The ward mission leader was a machine. Uh, they would, like, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there were missionary events at the church. Like, Thursday was movie night, Wednesday was karaoke night, and Tuesday night was something else. And yeah. it was, you know, bring all your friends. And the whole thing was about just, you know, baptizing people. I mean, the, the whole yep. ward was on board, and it was amazing. It was very impressive. Uh, and, and there I was, uh, I don't know, I guess you could say I was demoted because I was, technically I wasn't a junior companion. The mission, the, the, at this point in the mission, Marchines made up this new calling called uh, LDT. It was like Leader de Distrito Trinamento. Or something like that, or Trinador. You know, so it was LDTs, and so I was the I was the companion to the zone leader who was uh, Jardel, and the other zone leader was uh, um, Calderon, and uh, Calderon's companion was Posey, the yeah. Hawaiian, and uh, yep. he was not nearly. Posey's in my group. Yeah, he's he was great, though he was not what I was expecting because the other Hawaiian that I was used to was Kimura, yeah, Kimura. <laughs> and Posey's nothing like Kimura. Uh, That's right. <laughs> they're, they're polar opposites, in fact. But anyway, so that was that was good. That I spent like two weeks in that area with Jardel, and then Jardel was inspired to this 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 great plan that he would spend each week in a different area, working with you know the various senior companions in the zone. It was the biggest zone in the mission. There were I think fourteen yeah. companionships, and uh, so each week he would send the junior companion from that area back to. Philippe Cameron, and that junior would spend the week with me. Um, okay. So I spent weeks with a lot of people. Uh, Alves, again, the same guy who I spent a week with in Mosoro, uh, uh, Coford or Cofford, Jason is his first name. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mackey, good old Jacob Mackey, okay. uh, yep. who to this date has, is from the biggest family I've ever heard of. He's one of 18 children, all from the same father. <laughs> And That's crazy. Uh, so great, great times in that in that area, though. I mean, just amazing area in terms of the work that was going on, and how efficient the ward was at, at you know bringing people off the street into the building to be exposed to the church. It was just impressive. Yeah. No, I've, I've only heard good things about Felipe Cameron, and I think I went and visited people there with you no. Know, Birch went to visit. I can't remember where we were. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> you know, it was a good area. I did learn a couple of new smells in that area. There was some such you know, just total poor areas that I was, you know, that you just learned a few of those stenches that you're like, oh, you know, let's not walk by here, you know. So uh, one of my first weeks in the area, Elder Jardel, who was my companion, I think he was from Belo Horizonte, and his mom would send him the pound of queijo. It was delicious. Anyway. Uh, he, we went to this investigator's house and the investigator was a teenage girl and she tells us that, you know, I know it's true, but I don't want to be part of this anymore. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to get baptized. And Jardel just starts to, you know, Marla, right? I mean, just burning this girl. And she just was putting up the fight like, no, I'm not going to get baptized. So finally he says, okay, uh, I need, I need a sink and water. And she's like, why? And he's like, I need to wash my hands of you. <laughs> and I was, I was standing next to him like. Uh, is this a metaphor? 
Like, are you serious? And he he walked into her house, went into the kitchen and washes. And he's like motioning to me. To, so I, I do it too. We wash our hands. And then we walk out and she follows us out. And he like kicks the dirt off his shoes on her doorstep. And, no. and, and he's like, he's like, he's like, you know, have a nice day. And we walked off. And I was like, are we going back? He's like, no. And I was like, so was that a joke? He's like, have you read the Bible, Elder? He's like, this, this is what we were commanded to do. He's like, we, yeah. we've marked that doorstep. We've washed our hands and we have moved on. And I was just, I was, and he was so dead serious about it. And I was just like, oh, snap. Uh, and I learned, I guess, that day that in addition to being sent to save people, we were also sent to condemn people. Yeah, sometimes. On a, on a rare occasion. And, uh, yep. But that was not the last time I washed my hands of people. And uh, I did take it as a metaphor as well. I, after that, after that experience, every time I'd leave, every time I'd find out I was getting transferred, I'd grab a blank piece of paper from my notebook and I would write, washing my hands of, and I'd put the area name, and I'd put a list of things that I needed to do before I left that area to feel yeah. you know warm and fuzzy inside. And I still do that to this day. Like when, I, when we moved from Utah... Uh, you know, I made a list, wash my hands of, of Provo, you know, I mean, it's a lot of things like that. And I, I still make that wash my hands list all the time, yep. new job, new project, things like that. Um, so that was good times. Uh, one other story, and this, uh, I'll tell this one because I think it's, it's my other great miracle story from the mission. But one day... You came prepared, Jacob. This is a... You're getting the feast. Talking with Mauer, everything was, everything was off memory. And then Beej, I had to keep on reminding of him because <laughs> he couldn't think of any. Well, I couldn't remember and, any of this. And stuff. you said you did three and a half hours of journal reading and, and research in order to tell all these stories. I did. I did. No. So you set the mark high for the next episode. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I uh, I wanted to because if I had not checked these journals today, I, I I assure you that you would have been. I would have just been sitting here like, yeah, I think I had a companion who was dark colored skin. Like, we haven't even gotten to to uh, Park of his Dunas yet. No, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a pretty short chapter, I might add. Yeah. <laughs> I was there for 21 yeah. days. That's true, but I was there for a long, long time. <laughs> uh, and there are a lot of references to Ricks in my uh, in my journal, as it were. Good. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the story. This is a money story. Okay, so okay. one night. Uh, this is, I think, my second week in Philippe coming around. Jardel is still with me. He hasn't abandoned me yet. And uh, there's there's a there's a, a knock at the door. Can we say that? This is at our apartment. There's a, a bater de las palmas or whatever. Someone's clapping. Yeah, there's there's a clap at yeah, your door. Yeah, a clap at the door. There you go. And so I walk out to the gate, and uh, there's this girl there. She's probably 16, and she's got her arms around this kid. He probably looks like he's 20, 21, and he is, like, shaking and looking at the ground, like just, just, just almost like convulsing, and okay. uh, I'd never seen this girl before. But I've only been in the area a couple of weeks, and I was like, "Yeah, like what's up?" And uh, she says, um, "What does she say? Something effective? Can you bless him?" And I was like, "Are you members of the church?" And she says, "Not yet. I need to know." And I say, "Is he a member?" And she says, "No." And I said, well, "What's wrong?" And she's and uh, and he looks at me and he says, "I want to kill." Oh, and I was like, uh, okay. So I was like, hold on a sec. So I go in and I grab Jardel and kind of, and uh, Calderon is there and Posey's there. And I was like, hey, we got to give this blessing. And so we go and open up the gate. We bring this kid in. We sit him down. And 
we, we give him a blessing. Uh, Jar- Jardel gave the blessing. And we, he asked him a couple of questions. And I didn't pick up on the whole story, but it was something about the brother. The kids, you know, he wanted to kill his brother for some reason. I don't know. And so hey. we, give the, we give the kid a blessing. And uh, then we asked her if she wants a blessing. And she's like, no, I'm good. And we're like, okay. So I, I ask her for her address. And, uh, and she gives me the address a couple streets away. Uh, it's one of those, not that street, but the other, not the other one, but the other one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Past the Orelan, turn left at the Ultra, and anyway, so she, I get I get I get the address, and uh, they leave, and uh, so the next week or you know maybe even the next day, Jardel's gone. I'm with Elder Alves, and uh, Edson Douglas, as I like to call him, and uh, we go looking for this address, and we can't find it. We spend an hour looking for this address, and I'm not giving up, right? Like. This person just came to our house and asked for a blessing. She says that she wasn't yet a member. I was like, we've got to find this girl. Uh, so right. we finally find this house that's on the right street. And we, we realized that the house number she gave us, um, there's there's like, you can see like a sun faded uh, place where that number used to be there. And there's now a new number over the top of it. So, you know, you, the house number she gave us was the old house number. And uh, we're like, oh, this, this, this must be it. You know, at least this used to be the house number she gave us. So we, we knock at the house and she comes out. And we're like, we found you. You know, and she, she recognizes me. She's like, yeah, oh, it's, thank you for coming. Da, da, da. We sit down. And uh, I'm like, so what do you know? Like, so have you been to our church before? She's like, what church? And I was like, we're Mormons. She's like, oh. I was like, you didn't know that? She's like, no, I didn't know you were Mormons. And we're like, so have you been to our church before? She's like, where is it? We're like, it's, it's, you know, we, we describe where it is. She's like, oh, yeah, I know that church. She's like, you ever been there? No. And we're like, well, how did you know that we lived where we lived? She's like, I didn't know you lived there. And I'm like, okay, I'm missing something. Like, why did you come knock at, at our house? And she says, well, she's like, I know we needed help. We were walking down the street. I desperately just needed some help. And I looked at your house and I saw Christ's face there. <laughs> and so I walked up to the gate and I, and I knocked. Uh, maybe laughing isn't an appropriate response, but I'm sorry. It was just my <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is and I got I got witnesses. Alvis was there. He'll tell you about it. And uh, I'm like, okay. No, I'm not. I'm not disbelieving. No, I, was, I don't know what other. It's crazy. What other response yeah, to give you? Yeah, I, we saw I saw Christ's face there. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Um, so you should get baptized, you know. And she's like, well, I have this question for you guys. We're like, yeah, what's, what's your question? She's like, well, which one of you had your hands on my head when you guys did that blessing thing? And I'm like, uh, uh-huh. none of us. None of us had our hands on your head. All four of us had our hands on, on the other guy's head. And she's like, no, someone had their hands on my head because when you guys gave him the blessing, someone is also giving me a blessing. I need to know which one of you it was. And I was like, I, I hate to tell you, you may or may not believe me, but it was an angel because none of us had our hands on your head. And she just starts crying, and she's like, that explains it. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, whoever it was was whispering in my ear, and the things they said, no one else could have known. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was an angel. So you want to get baptized on Sunday? So she blew us off. She never, uh, as far as I'm aware, never got baptized. That was the last time I ever spoke with her. That's something that happened to me in uh, in Kaiko. I'd tell this lady to, to read the Book of Mormon and pray and ask if, it's, ask if it's true. And the next day she says, yeah, I prayed and I heard a voice saying, uh, read the book. It's true. It, <laughs> oh, come on, people. And, and, 
just and then and then she was a smoker and so we're like okay we can work with that and she never came to church and we just had to walk away yeah. and like we can't we can't we're here to baptize people not to not, not to I mean, join what the miracle are, yeah what else do you want me to do? I mean, yeah. that's that's uh, the answer, you idiot. Come on. Well, I don't know what your expectations are. Yeah, I was just, I, I was always, that's always stuck with me forever because I've always thought about that girl. I've always wondered, uh, you know, where is she now kind of thing. But uh, I can't, I yep, don't even remember her name. Bad. In the journal, I have the name. I think it was like Paulina or something, but. Yeah, they're all Paulina. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that was amazing. Um do you, I don't know if you ever served in that area, but the other famous thing about that area was the sandboarding. There were the huge uh, sand dunes no. there. Huge sand dunes. And a lot of the members lived on the sand dunes, which is a whole right. foolish man, wise man thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, right. I, it was like you were supposed to go sandboarding every P-Day, and I never wanted to. And when Elder yeah. when Elder Mackey was there, Jacob Mackey, one of 18 children, uh, he's like, he's like, we got to do it, man. And he is like, he's the happiest person I've ever met in my life. He's always happy. He's pumped about life. And he's like, we've got to go sandboarding. So we borrowed some board, that, you know, it's supposedly a sandboarding board. And we did that one day and it was awful, awful experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, for one, it didn't really work. You couldn't really sandboard as much as Mackie yeah. tried over and over again. And, and every time you get to the bottom of the hill, you have to walk back up the sand dune <laughs> to get to the top to try again, yep. right? And it's like four missionaries right. using one board. So anyway, don't don't ever try that. Okay. So that was uh, that was Philippe Camarón for me. Okay. Now, my exit that's from that one. area is entertaining because that's when I got called to the office. And I did not get called to the office in your traditional way. No transfer came. Uh, we had interviews one day with the mission president, and uh, we found out the night before. We get this call from the mission office, and uh, they tell us, hey, you, you know, President Martinez is going to be there tomorrow at 7 a.m. at whatever chapel. You need to get all the missionaries from the zone there for interviews. And we're like, oh. So we, you know, we start calling Ore Lounge, right, trying to get all, all the missionaries in the zone ready for these interviews. Right. And there was two that we couldn't get a hold of. It was Mackie and his companion, so uh, Jardel and Calderon, they head to this chapel the next morning, and me and Posey, we, we go across town to wake up these other two elders and tell them, you've got to go get interviewed. Like, you, why didn't you answer your phone last night, right? The, the phone booth, you know, three blocks down. Why didn't you answer that? Right, right, like it's their <laughs> right, fault. Right, <laughs> So, so we, we, we grab those boys, and we head to the chapel, and we get there right as Martins gets there, like 8 o'clock. And uh, he interviews the zone leaders first, and then I was the third interview. I go in, I sit down, and I'm trying to remember the exact verbiage. I read it today in my journal. He says something to the effect of, Elder Paulson, you know, what, what, is, what is the calling in this mission that you want most of all? What, is, what, is, what would be the best calling for you? And uh, I, I, I wouldn't answer him. I mean, I think in my head I was probably thinking, AP, duh, you know, that would be great. But I didn't answer. I, didn't, I don't know if it was maybe I didn't want to seem prideful because I was. And uh, so I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't you know. Da, da, da. And, and uh, so he says, well, he's like, if you're not going to answer me, I'm going to give you a call right now. Elder Paulson, you've been called to be the executive secretary of the mission. I need you to go back to your apartment. I need you to pack your bags. I need you in Juan Pessoa at the office by the end of the day.
dias quando acordo Não tenho mais o tempo que passou Mas tenho muito tempo Temos todo o tempo do mundo Todos os dias antes de dormir Lembro e esqueço como foi o dia Essa é a música que eu mais gosto, é a letra que eu mais gosto, é a coisa que eu mais fico feliz de ter conseguido fazer. Eu espero que o som esteja bom para vocês e que vocês cantem com a gente. Giz!